The newest craze amongst Gen Zers that has flooded the screens of generations alike has also taken the world by storm with headlines concerning privacy and data that have led to back-and-forth conversations about its ban. TikTok has been an app covered in controversy. While many say that no good comes from social media, in the case of Alyssa Turney, TikTok, fueled by a sister's love, helped solve a 19-year-old cold case, putting behind bars someone who is right under the nose of law enforcement the whole time. I didn't really give you a hint, but the crime, it wasn't solved using this social media app, but the crime was made more aware by TikTok, which is Ah. actually T-I-K-T-O-K. And I thought it was, you know, T-I-C-K. Yeah. Yeah, Until I, I started doing this story, I was like, what you're, the fuck? You're continuing <laughs> to search for the wrong thing. <laughs> Did you watch? I like got uh, listings of grandfather clocks and everything. I'm like, oh, this is probably not it. <laughs> I actually really enjoy TikTok. Do, are, do you find that you're on TikTok more than other social media sites now? No. Um, well, I stopped using it for a while because I thought that it was banned. Can I? Do you uh, know why they thought it was banned or why they tried to ban it? Because the, I was, from what I heard, I don't know how accurate this is, was that they're... That it's 100% Chinese, accurate. Chinese companies were trying to steal people's information through purchases and things that they were making in-app. TikTok is a Chinese product and used by Americans. They're not our enemy, but China does spy on its own people. Right. So if they make an app trying to spy on their own people they're not going to change the app just for americans does that make sense yeah so the government tried to get it banned and i don't think they were successful because you can't just ban something like that the only thing that could happen is if they're not going to make enough money because all these apps like snapchat and everything like they don't make enough money to cover the cost like not by a long shot Without advertisements, you mean? No, with advertisements. It, the server cost to run something like Snapchat or TikTok is phenomenal. Hmm. Like phenomenal. Snapchat has never made a dime. And for when they IPO'd, I, now I don't know the specifics, but they were losing millions and millions of dollars on a yearly basis. And they have no forecast to actually make money. Other social media, and they make money through Facebook, yeah. yeah, Facebook, Facebook makes and a lot Instagram. through advertisements, mm-hmm. yeah. But well, Snap- Instagram was bought out by Facebook, right? The algorithm is really interesting because you have your for you page. Do you know how it works? Mm-mm. I've okay. never been I on. Have TikTok. No idea how it works. So this is the this is the the algorithm. There's two different pages of videos. Essentially, there's the for you page, which is kind of random, like. Recommended videos. Recommended for you based on videos that you like or the people that you follow. And they suggest similar um, genres and similar, Mm -hmm. you know, people. And then you have the the pages that you're following that you can see, um, like the videos and the the creators that you're following exclusively. So, okay. 
my TikTok right now, um, I'm getting a lot of food TikTok, which I really like to watch the recipes on mm-hmm. there. It gives me kind of motivation to cook, except, you know, I just don't. I'm like, oh, this will be good. I'll cook this. I can do this. And then I just don't. A lot of Hamilton right now, Broadway theater, comedy. So do you spend more time on the recommended videos or what you specifically follow? I spend I spend more time on the For You page because I don't because like, I know kind of what I'm following and I kind of like to see what, what else is they're going to suggest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it was banned, would you feel like you were at a loss? You know, like, I mean, no. would why, you miss it a lot? Why are you using it knowing that it is potentially just spyware? I mean, what is the I don't understand. Everyone talks about privacy. I need more privacy. And yet you everyone just whores themselves out on social media. <laughs> and it's like, here's everything about me. Um, it's like, oh, it's but a, you, definitely a contradiction. It's like privacy, privacy. Here's everything about me. Here's my dog. Here's my grandma. It's like, Jesus, Lord. Well, I think for me, it's more of a time killer. Mm. Um, like if I'm bored, it's it's for me is more captivating than scrolling through the Facebook feed mm-hmm. um, because there are different things you can watch. Yeah. Uh, rather than just seeing the same old political debates and people mm. getting upset about stupid things. Yeah, that is a common thing to see. So, for sure. Tonight's episode has some news that is a few weeks old. Some new developments for this case. It's a Ooh. missing persons case. And for full transparency, I do not do this very much but Nicole helped me on the research for this episode, so she'll be chiming in with her research notes. I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. Yep. And as I said last time, be sure to subscribe if you have not already, because I have a really special project that I'm working on, and it's going to be freaking phenomenal. But not only that, the whole month of October... I'm going to hint at what I'm doing by doing a certain type, certain types of episodes that are related to my big project that I'm doing. Okay. So, yeah. So curious the, how you're going to do this. I know. So a lot of these cases I'm doing now, the missing persons and stuff like that, I'm just doing them now. So when October gets here, I can focus on, you know, dismemberment and things of that nature, necrophilia like episodes, not you personally yeah, yeah, dismembering. Yeah. Okay, or, that's, exactly. that's a good distinction. Thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. You know, <laughs> yeah. should I change my locks again? Or yeah, yeah. actually, necrophilia—the first instance that it showed up in text—it obviously didn't have that name. It had the name "A Love for the Dead," which is very oh. romantic. Yeah, that's a real nice way of putting it. Um, probably overly nice. It's a, you know, I think we talked about this recently that there are different kinds of love. So that's definitely a special one. Yes. (laughs) All right. So let's get started. This is the missing persons flyer for Alyssa Turney. And if you want to describe her, Jen, for our audience. So in this photo, she has long, dark hair. Well, not too dark, probably medium to dark brown hair. Mm hmm. Um, she has blue eyes, pretty girl, 
Um, thin eyebrows, which looks like it was a 2000s thing. I'm not judging. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. They, My sister had those what eyebrows. What do you mean yeah. thin eyebrows? What do you mean had those eyebrows? It's a that it's the was way that the thinner eyebrows were a trend in the late nineties, early two thousands, mm-hmm. right and now, now they're th- thick eyebrows are in. Not super thick, but like full. <sighs> I don't full understand yeah. what you are. T- what do you mean? I had the same eyebrows. Well, I've yeah, had you don't have was... to worry about my, beauty standards. My like sister we do. just got her eyebrows microbladed. Really? What in the hell are y'all talking? Microbladed. And I did not know what that was until it's she explained when, it. But it's, it's basically like tattooing. Yeah, a bit. So that you, they just stay what perfect. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, guys don't care about eyebrows or fingernails or toenails. No, no, no. We talked, you and you and We Dr. care about breasts and, and butts. Hang on. Let me just Neither say. Neither of which, which. <laughs> <laughs> you I, have, and doc- I have thighs and a gut, not breasts and butts. You do have the, those Ga- body When guys parts. talk to each other, it's either, hey. are you a boob man or a butt man? It's not a, hey, are you an eyebrow man or a... A fingernail man. I'm just going to say, you you and Dr. Will Pill discussed this in your teeth whitening episode, that you don't notice teeth unless they're bad. And it's I feel like it's similar with like eyebrows or other features where you don't, you're not going to notice eyebrows unless they're, you know, over tweezed or it's a unibrow, you over know, could go either tweezed. way. Yeah, like really, really, like, really thin. Yeah. And thin eyebrows, or, or having no eyebrows that are drawn on. Yeah, so so Which there you like would notice it if there was a now. unibrow and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But she does not have a unibrow. She's no. pretty. She's she's great. It, but her eyebrows are indicative of the time period. Yes. All right. This is Alyssa Turney, and this is her missing alert flyer. Now, if this is your first episode, I need to say I put all my sources, my videos, my photos, my links, everything on talkmurder.com. So go there and follow along with us if you're not driving. So this is Alyssa Turney. She goes missing May 17th, 2001. At the time, she was 17 years old. Her family and friends tell media that she was an excellent student. She actually worked at Jack in the Box, which there's a video of her working at Jack in the Box. I have never been to a Jack in the Box. Well, they're right. out in California. No, there's one in Charlotte. Is it really? Yeah, because oh. I used to, it's right by my, um, the university I went to, the University of Phoenix. Ah, uh, such an illustrious school. Yeah, it's right by there. She also had a rebellious personality. Now let's talk about the family a little bit. It's kind of an unusual situation. The, the father... The stepfather, if you will, actually came out and said that the entire family is a blended family. So Alyssa Turney's mother remarried when Alyssa was three years old. Her stepfather, Michael, actually adopted her at that time. So when doing this story, you'll hear the stepfather refer to himself and the kids refer to him as dad and father. But that is because... The household was made not to use the word stepfather or stepmother or anything. They were just mom and dad. Yeah, it was just mom and dad. So it is a little confusing. But her mother remarries when she was three years old to her stepfather, Michael. Okay. Mm -hmm. Her mother actually died of cancer before Alyssa goes missing. Mm. And when this they were is, very young, yeah. still very young. And this family lives in Phoenix, Arizona. Michael had three sons prior. Oh, this to is the like the Brady yeah, 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 the Brady Bunch and they situation. Had, together, they did have a daughter, Sarah. Unlike the Brady Bunch. Unlike the Brady Bunch, yeah. correct. 
So this document you're seeing right here is from William Anderson. He is the Phoenix Police Department missing persons detective. And this is the form he filled out. And it describes the family pretty good. So I'm just going to kind of read through so you can get an idea of how the family works. As a background to this case, it should be noted that Michael Turney is not Alyssa's biological father. Alyssa was born on 4-384 to Stephen Strom and Barbara Farner. Shortly after Alyssa's birth, Barbara left Stephen Strom and married Michael Turney. At the time, Barbara had two children, Alyssa and an older brother, John. Michael Turney had three children from previous marriages, Rhett Turney, Michael Seth Turney, and James Turney. Michael adopted all of Barbara's children, and they had one child together, Sarah Turney. Stephen Strom maintained visitation with Alyssa until she was nine years old, when Michael and Barbara would no longer allow him to see her. Stephen moved out of state and no longer had contact with Alyssa. Barbara Farner died of cancer in 1993, and Alyssa was raised by her stepfather until her disappearance. That's interesting where it said they wouldn't allow him to see her anymore. I wonder mm, if he was happened. a suspect even. I wonder what the dynamic was that or what the reasoning behind them not allowing him to see her yeah. anymore. I wonder if it was that Michael was getting jealous or if, you know, maybe Strom figured that something was going on devious maybe between yeah. Michael and the children or or maybe he was just a shitty dad I don't know you never know yeah it's interesting that they didn't go into too much detail there mm-hmm. so what you're looking at now is the billboard for Alyssa Turney gone for 19 years no answers no justice justice for Alyssa.com now I want to say a lot of the websites devoted to Alyssa and a popular podcast, which we'll get into in a second, was created by Alyssa's younger sister, Sarah. She actually reignited the interest in this case by using TikTok. Okay. And if you guys don't know what TikTok is, it's like Snapchat, right? Yeah. Mm. It's like... No, it's a... It's a... It's... It's like Vine, right? Yes, it's it's the newer it's like version of videos Vine. videos and stuff. It's, you can either make a 15-second video up to... Well, you can make as little as little as you want, but you have either 15-second videos or a minute videos. Got it. So anyway, this is the billboard, justiceforalyssa.com. She goes missing her junior year. This is the last day of school before summer, May mm-hmm. 17th, 2001. The last day of her junior year, she says bye to her boyfriend... He sees her stepfather picking her up, and that's the last time she was ever seen by anybody. All right, this is from the same form that we read earlier, and you can find this at justiceforalyssa.com. This talks about her last day and an interview with her boyfriend, John Lackman, at the time, and his last name is L-A-A-K-M-A-N, and it states... John Lackman stated that he last saw Alyssa on May 21st, 2001 at 1230 hours when she stopped in his woodshop class at Paradise Valley High School and said she was being pulled out of school early by her stepfather. She said she would talk to him later. John never heard from or saw Alyssa again. He does not believe that she would run away without telling him. They get in an argument, Alyssa and the stepfather, 
I'm just going to call him dad from now on. The, the real father from what I saw isn't really in the picture. So I'm going to call the stepfather Michael just her father, dad, because that's what they prefer anyway. Alyssa leaves home. They get in an argument. And I think it was something. Um, this is going back to the ABC 2020 video. I believe it was uh, something about staying out too late mm-hmm. or something to that effect. Like, yeah, very, she wanted to like go out and and you know yeah. celebrate the last day of school and the dad is very very strict so this is after the mother has passed yes okay. the mom passed what i don't know what age but they passed when they were still kids like Probably. because sarah had said that Alyssa was like the only mother she had because she her mom died when she was really young michael was a single father pretty quickly after they got married and after ah. sarah was born okay this is where in missing persons cases you kind of question whether it's a runaway or not. And it's what they leave behind. So for Alyssa, she actually leaves her hairbrush, which, you know, whatever. Her cell phone was left behind, Mm. which I guess during that time was like a razor, Motorola razor. I did not have one. In 2001? Yeah. It was more like a Nokia. Yeah, a flock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. So she left her hairbrush, her cell phone, $1,800 in her bank account, which is way more than you have right now, Jen. It is, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's way more than you have right now, John. Screw (laughs) you. I know, but screw you. And not only that, but there were no withdrawals. So she's going to walk away and run away. Because, as you'll see, she's a, quote, runaway from what the police say. And she's not going to make any withdrawals from her bank account. Yeah, all right. Good for her, though, at 17 to have $1,800 in your I bank know, account. I know, right? What the freak? She's making bank. I don't I think I ever Then hit... this is from Jack in the Box, man. Well, I, I don't even know when the first time I hit my bank account hit 1000 I think it was after I graduated from college. It's like when you were, what, 33 or something? Well, that hasn't happened yet, so oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still working up to that sum. So, Jen, this right here is the note that her dad comes back to when af- after they have an argument. If you can uh, read this. Dad and Sarah... When you dropped me off at school today, I decided that I really am going to California. Sarah, you said you didn't want me around. Look, you got it. I'm gone. That's why I saved my money. Dad, I took $300 from you. Alyssa. You know what's interesting? So this is clearly not a faked note. Well, how do you know that? I actually didn't see anywhere where they proved one way or the other if this was a fake note. And I'd like to know if that's true. Because I don't, there's no way that's her handwriting. It could what are you be. Talking about? It no looks, way that's her handwriting. Well, that's a very like, that's a very teenage girl handwriting. It's a teenage girl handwriting, but does that mean it's her handwriting? Okay. Who else would it be? I don't know. Exactly. The yeah. killer. But I'm saying interesting like, that she didn't capitalize any of her eyes. Was I, she a good student? Yeah, she was a good student. So I feel like she would have capitalized her eyes. No, that's just uh, the thing. Uh, in yeah, 2001. I, I think it's a time. I still write all my stuff like that. But I, I, I think the handwriting is very. No, it's very feminine. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is a how girls' handwriting looks. Yeah, looks frequently. Like it, it reminds me a lot of my sister's handwriting. So the father, Michael Turney, is the one that initially files the missing person report, and he does that right away because, like, we need to find her. So he right. was very because she's so she's a minor. Yeah, she's a minor. So he was very concerned, and he expressed that to the police. 
that his daughter needs to be found right away because he believed that she was actually in danger. And yeah, 17 year old moving to California with 1800, well, with without any money, apparently. Mm-hmm. And she had said she saved her money. So she probably didn't even get there. And it said, I took $300 from you. Mm-hmm. So that apparently yeah. she had at least $300. Exactly. But that's not going to get you anything in L.A. even back then. Yeah. Her sister is the one that calls her cell phone numerous times, but then they actually found the cell phone at her house. From what the family says, Alyssa is not the person. She has too many commitments with her family. She wouldn't just do that and have them all worried about her. She would at least try to contact them. So her leaving her cell phone is a red flag right there. Michael, the the father, stepfather, actually made at least 30, perhaps more, trips to California to locate his daughter. And this was after the first week she had called him on a payphone in California. And he actually located the exact payphone used. But he actually got the phone company to trace that call. And he goes to California around that same area and At least on 30 occasions, he tries to find his missing daughter. Now, after that one phone call, there was no more contact whatsoever. The family thought she would definitely have made contact. And that's when they came to the conclusion that Alyssa is probably already dead. Mike, the father, actually told Alyssa's two best friends to try to get in touch with her, to call her, to to try to locate her to see about her whereabouts because Mike was really concerned about her safety. Now, he actually became his own detective because he claimed the police department, they weren't helpful at all. I mean, they didn't even issue an Amber Alert. She's 17. She's not technically an adult yet, right? There right. should have been an Amber Alert. Mm. But they're saying she she ran away voluntarily. Exactly. She wasn't abducted is what they're Exactly. Their reasoning was, right? Yeah. And going back to that document we read earlier, it says, quote, Michael Turney is a former Maricopa County Sheriff's deputy. He worked for that department from 1970 through 1974. So he actually has the knowledge of how to find and track down a missing person, especially if that missing person is his daughter. I mean, the 70s and 80s, yeah, runaway to California, that was so frequent. We covered a lot of cases. Yeah. And serial killers actually had a field day with all the runaways to California. But Mm -hmm. in 2001, I mean... uh, People are a lot more cautious. Exactly. I mean, you had Y2K. We just survived the the super bug of Y2K. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It was before 9-11, though. Yeah, it was before 9-11. Anyway... After this, the case goes cold. And let me reiterate, this was May 17th, 2001. All right, here is the father and the daughter right here. If you want to describe this photo for our audience. Um, It looks kind of forced. You think so? No one's got teeth showing, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't really smile with my teeth either. I think anyone who's genuinely smiling smiles with their teeth. Yeah. With their mouth open. It does look like, and I'm putting this photo on talkmer.com. It kind of looks like she is kind of pulling away a little bit. But this is all hindsight, so. 
Anyway, this is the Father Michael. In 2006, a confession about the murder of Alyssa comes to light. Really? And two detectives actually go down to Florida to interview this convict. And he not only picks Alyssa out of a, you know, a photo lineup and it's the correct person. He goes into vivid and intense detail about the murder, how he killed her, how he sexually assaulted her and stuff like this. So he confessed the case is over. Some of the things he said didn't line up with Alyssa's character. For starters, he said she was a heroin addict. Hmm. And I mean, anyone that's a pretty that, big detail. Yeah, yeah. Anyone that can save eighteen hundred dollars. I feel like they're not a heroin addict. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's just unless she became one after she went missing. Exactly. But. Yeah. And so her friends were like, wait, that's not her. Not only that, some of the sexual because this guy apparently met her. This guy that was confessing mm-hmm. met her and they would do heroin together. And then he explained the sexual acts that they would do consensually. Her actual boyfriend at the time said, no, that's not her. She mm-hmm. wouldn't do this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he eventually kind of recanted his story. He didn't deny killing someone like Alyssa, but he was like, ah, oh, it's probably not her. It's probably not the right girl. He was basically making it up. He wanted to do it for fame. Yeah, for fame. And plus he had already killed a lot. He was trying to go for the serial killer Angle. He actually mm. emailed the detectives, or well, not emailed them, but got them a note sent that it said something like, um, I'm about to make you real famous or something, you know, because I'm a serial killer. Oh, my gosh. I guess if I was spending life in prison, I'd try to, you know, overplay <laughs> my stuff, too. You know, why not? Ain't nothing else to do shit. Now, this is 2008. So seven years after she goes missing, at this point, Alyssa's friends start giving the police some details that they didn't have already. And now that I really think about it, if you watch the 2020 documentary, Alyssa's sister, Sarah, she's real adamant that the father has nothing to do with this. Okay. And that they're a happy family and all this stuff. I'm kind of starting to think that the reason the friends didn't come forward with this information is because of Sarah at first. Mm, you know, she was young. She was younger, yeah. And But the friends in 2008 started coming forward to the police and saying that there may have been some sexual abuse going on at the house. Ooh. Yeah. So now the father comes back into the picture. That's interesting that if they figured there was or they knew about sexual abuse happening at the house... And they didn't say anything, maybe because of Sarah. That's a little concerning to me. Like, mm. if you know that there is a sexual predator living, you know, raising these kids, yeah. wouldn't you want to get her that's out of that point. situation? Yeah, well, I'm not saying that that's the reason, but in my mind, well, even if it wasn't the reason, yeah, they, Sarah still, was, they could have said something to protect right. Sarah. Yeah, I'm just saying that when we watched the documentary on this, it really seemed that Sarah at the time believed her father, her stepfather. In everything he said. And well, if was, I was, was her, her actual father, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Her actual father. Yeah. Good point. So if I'm friends with Sarah and she is just 
you know, my father didn't do this. He's the one trying to find her. I don't know if I would go to the police and say, yeah, I think he's sexually abusing her. You know what I'm saying? Like, in my mind, I can kind of see why it took seven years for them to come forward to the police. Because Michael was initially a suspect, okay, even though he's the one that filed the missing mm-hmm. person's report, which doesn't matter. I mean, but he was the last person to be publicly seen. Exactly. So in 2008, the Phoenix police, they conducted 200 interviews. And from the paper that I got this from, it said 200 and, and not about 200. So I think it's right at the 200 mark. Mm-hmm. 200 interviews with people that knew her friends and everything from high school. They started to put the picture together that maybe Alyssa is not a runaway. And that's when the friends started coming forth with the sexual abuse accusations between her and the stepfather, Michael. Now, what they learned about Michael at this point, and this is after they conducted a search warrant in his home, is actually pretty disturbing. He was for years, every day, every day. For years before she went missing, and even to the present day, he would film the entire family, all the kids. There was a camera in the living room. There were secret cameras all around the house and outside the house. He was constantly monitoring the kids. Hmm. Alyssa would have a boyfriend over. They would be kissing on the couch. There's video of that. And he would watch it. That's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. He would actually record Alyssa at her job at Jack in the Box. And if you go to talkmore.com, I'm embedding this TikTok compilation video from Sarah Turney, the sister. She is the one that kind of reignited the interest in the case. And she started with TikToks. And she actually put all this together. So So I have a question. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Did he somehow get access to Jack in the Box's camera system? No, no, no. That's a really good question. But just watch this and and that'll answer that question for you. Also, I feel like if he was filming the whole household, the argument can be made is to make him seem less suspicious that it was for security purposes. That is what he says. He was like a paranoid, kind of a paranoid guy and obsessed with security and he's a conspiracy and nuts but the fact that he would watch the videos like especially of her with her boyfriend that's kind of weird yeah weird so this is the tiktok video right here so this is her do you hear you're scaring me go away is that what she said yeah she said you're scaring me go away this is in a hotel i believe at the at a pool from March 20th, 2000. This, the caption here says, After my sister Alyssa Turney went missing, our father would not cooperate with the police. There was at least one hidden camera in our home, though many of her friends say there were more. Now, he is filming his stepdaughter, Alyssa, at her job at Jack in the Box right now. And she, and he is in his own car this is December 19th, 2000. He's zooming in to Alyssa. And it's just got a real creepy feel. Like, why would you sit in here and do that? And she actually spots him 
filming. And he, you can see her kind of waving him off. It's just very creepy. It's bizarre. It's very bizarre. And it's, it's scary. To me, I'd be freaked out, you know? Yeah. I mean, look what he's just very erratic with the camera. Now, this is, again, this is from Sarah Turney's TikTok video. She won't come outside. I wonder, it, so it's 10.05 p.m. I wonder if her, her shift is over and she's afraid to yeah, go out come there. out. The caption here says, at least one person reported that Alyssa was afraid for her life before she went missing. And Michael, the stepfather, asked the police multiple times if they would come arrest her for being a bitch. What the fuck? This is your 17-year-old stepdaughter. Receipts indicate that our father purchased 50 pounds of lime and 60 pounds of concrete before she went missing. What? And the TikToks that you're seeing there is um, that was her campaign to ignite, you know, to get this reignited mm-hmm. the interest. So she found the footage from those cameras and just posted it on the TikTok. Well, yes and no. So that's a good question. On December 11th, 2008, after all these interviews and accusations came up, police actually get a search warrant to search Michael Turney's home. Now, what you're looking at now is a newspaper clipping from Valley and State. This is from two days after the search took place. And as you see right there, what's that guy's shirt say? FBI bomb tech. FBI bomb tech. Police bombs built to level Union Hall. So remember, we said this guy is a like conspiracy nut. Mm-hmm. So they found a lot of explosives in the home. They found the VHS tapes. Some of those that you just seen hundreds of hundreds them. of them from every day except one day, the which was the day she went missing. It's kind of funny how that works. Mm. There were backyard digs. Nothing was found. They brought in cadaver dogs, never spotted the body, but they did find dozens of IEDs, which is, which is improvised explosive devices, homemade pipe bombs, mm. right in the home enough quote, to destroy part of the neighborhood and enough explosives to blow the entire roof off of his home. Now, he admitted to the police and he pleaded guilty for this, that he stockpiled all this ammunition and explosives, especially the pipe bombs, to blow up a local workers union. Because he had a disagreement with this in the past. He's an electrician, so he wouldn't know how to do this. And he had a disagreement with the local workers union. And he claims they're the ones that abducted Alyssa in the first place and killed her and buried her because they had this disagreement and they were trying to get back at Michael. That's what he tells police. A little outlandish. Mm. He was also planning to commit suicide in the process. Suicide bomb himself, blow up the entire union. And they actually did this search warrant a week before the next union meeting. They got it just in time. They got yeah. it just in time. But this is years after the incident. Yeah, this is this 2008. This is in 2008, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is December 11, 2008, the search warrant. And and even at this time, Sarah is still supportive of her dad. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
she is saying like free Michael Turney and all this stuff. So I think it's as police start going through these tapes and afterwards is when she realizes something's wrong with Michael. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So a little bit from this article, it says investigators in recent months developed new probable probable calls to obtain search warrants in the Alyssa Turney investigation. One search warrant was served at Turney's house on 34th Street, the other at a house directly across the street that is owned by a Scottsdale-based development group. And they found the incendiary devices. They interviewed neighbors, and all the neighbors said he was a, quote, crazy neighbor who they avoided because of the uncomfortable conversations that would ensue when they talked to him about government plots and all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. He actually refused a polygraph test. He did plead guilty to unlawful possession of unregistered destructive devices and and was sentenced to serve maximum 10 years in federal prison. But he was released in 2017. And that's when Sarah, the actual daughter of Michael Turney, really got into gear and was like, okay, websites, podcasts, YouTube videos, TikToks, whatever. We need to get this guy, my father, off the street. Mm-hmm. If you want to read this, this is from the Arizona Republic, December 17th, 2008. Neighbors described Michael Roy Turney as the crazy neighbor they tended to avoid for fear of being lured into uncomfortable curbside conversations. To them, Turney often sounded like something out of the X-Files, frequently bending their ears to spread his gospel of government conspiracy theories. Some neighbors thought he was paranoid. They refused to lend him much credibility when he boasted about his time in the U.S. military or his brief stint with the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. Police believe that the 60-year-old was more than just an aging electrician. He told neighbors he felt the government was watching him. This is from the report that the detective filed. Michael Turney has exhibited an apparent obsession with his stepdaughter, Alyssa. He admitted to conducting surveillance on her at work, using binoculars to spy on her. He would often drive her to school and then pick her up. He would surreptitiously record Alyssa via audio and video recording. Various family members have stated that Michael treated Alyssa differently from the other children and gave her inordinate attention. Mm. Michael Turney has told investigators that he suffers from a, quote, mental condition and has been seeing a psychiatrist for the past decade. Wow. All right. So this is from the Arizona Republic, August 21st, 2020. So like, like four weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And so this is very recent development. And this is the headline. If you want to read this, Nicole. Stepdad faces murder charge in PV cold case. Ooh. PV is Paradise Valley. So now the stepfather of Alyssa, Michael Turney, was arrested. And Sarah has been doing the TikToks and everything else. And now is saying that. My dad did do this, and he needs to be brought to justice. Hmm. Well, he said she's saying that for a number of years. Yes, after, a num- number after of the, years. Yeah. Some of these reports come out from exactly. the detectives. But yeah. it was her and her 
viral marketing, if you will, that kind of propelled this to get to where it is right now. Which is with, an arrest. Is, with, yeah, an yeah. arrest. Now, he hasn't been convicted of anything. He was arrested on second degree murder. So they must have some pretty damning evidence to arrest him. They have to. They can't. You just. You can't just arrest someone if you don't have anything. Well, I know? wonder if it's it's related to the um, surveillance and and things like that. the The hard thing about this case is that, like, I don't think that note was faked. So I'm kind of thinking she initially did run away to California, and he tracked really? her down and got pissed and killed her. See, hmm. I. I don't know. I am more under the impression that she wrote that note under duress. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, that he made her write that note. Because I don't think she made it to California. She didn't have any money. I mean, she had a bank account, $1,800. Like, if you're going to move to California, at least take that money out. So you don't think the pay phone call was real? No, I think that was fake. I mean, this guy is an electrician and a conspiracy junkie. He knows how to fake that, hmm. you know, and the, the police actually never, from what I saw, investigated thoroughly that the call was accurate, you know, that it really came from a payphone. Uh, you know, he could have somehow did it. I don't know. Hmm. I think also to just going back to the note, just the way that it was written. Um, it was very, I'm doing this. This is it, it was very and, and I'm going back to a point that I made previously about whether or not she was a good student. I know that mm. I asked more so about her handwriting, but just the structure of sentence. It was very choppy. The way that she ended. Also, I stole three hundred dollars from you, which makes me think that maybe he did something with that totaled the amount of three hundred dollars that he could be. Well, she stole this three hundred dollars from me like I like to take it away. I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make a map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm following you. I think, yeah, yeah. I like your theories more now that you say it. That's a good point, though, that he maybe forced her to write the note. Because I was like, well, how did, how would she, you know, write All right, that? This Otherwise, is actually, makes more sense. this is from Justice for Alyssa right here. In an interview with Sarah Turney, she stated that most of her sister's clothing and jewelry were left behind on the day she disappeared. She noticed the contents of her backpack had been dumped on the floor, and that backpack was missing. Sarah found the note that purportedly was left behind by Alyssa and has questioned its authenticity. In particular, she stated that Alyssa did not sign her name in the way that it appeared on the note. Other family members have also questioned the note. If you want to read this, this is from Sarah right here. This is a a twit or twit? Tweet. Tweet. Oh, sorry. This is a tweet. I'm shaking and crying. We did it, guys. He's been arrested. OMG, thank you. Hashtag justice for Alyssa. Never give up hope that you can get justice. It took almost 20 years, but we did it. All right. So that's basically the case from where it is right now. And this is a case that is currently in process. So I can't wait to see how this plays out. I wonder if they'll be able to get a conviction. I really hope they do. Yeah. The evidence, I, yeah, or at I least def- get some answers. Yeah. Yeah. But I did want to cover this case, at least do a an overview of it for you guys that are interested in diving a little deeper into this case. You should listen to Sarah's podcast, the the sister and the biological daughter of Michael Turney. You can find that information at Justice 
for Alyssa.com. And her podcast is called Voices for Justice. And I can link those in the show notes of this. And I'll also put them on the website, talkmurder.com. Be sure to go there, leave me a comment, and tell me what you guys think about this episode. And uh, you can request some more episodes if you want. But um, that's all we have for that case. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Got some really good episodes coming up. A lot of gruesome October episodes coming up. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.